didn't really understand because I woke up from a coma and after a road accident and I couldn't move my left side. So all my balance was went. I had some very bad falls. And there was no um, recognition in that day as it was today about having a stroke. I was young and I managed to manage it rather than overcome it because I don't think you can overcome it once you've had a stroke and that really, the mental health issues of it, you can learn to manage them. I found I was having to repeat myself to people talking. I couldn't read anymore like I used to. You know, I couldn't do anything like that. What I'm trying to do is keep myself active where I'm in a place where there's no pressure. I would try and keep on going, try and keep on with the groups and that because it's in an environment where I don't have to prove anything. I think the best piece of advice I've given is you are who you are. Be proud of everything you achieve because you've probably had to work harder to get there and accept your limitations. Hello and welcome to Stroke Stories. I'm Mark Goodyear. Since the 1970s, deaths from stroke have more than halved. But for those who suffered a stroke in the 70s and survived, recovery was tough. Stroke was then still largely misunderstood and stigmatised. Although diagnosis and treatment have come a long way, hearing from other people who've had a stroke can be very powerful for you if you're recovering. So we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear from Joey McAloon from Exeter, who suffered two strokes, the first in 1975. I was 17 when I had my first stroke. What had happened was I had a motorbike. I was a telegram delivery boy for the post office. That all stopped. I didn't really understand because I woke up from a coma and after a road accident and I couldn't move my left side. So all my balance was went. I had some very bad falls. And there was no um, recognition in that day as it was today about having a stroke. There wasn't any care. I was came up in the council house. We didn't have any money. I was unemployed for years. Every time I tried to get a job, once I put down, I was disabled. I didn't understand why my personality had changed. and I, I didn't understand about the mental health issues that I've developed. I wasn't the cool and relaxed teenager that I used to be before. I went to a little bit of physiotherapy, but the problem was that was that was through the side of Liverpool, and you had a couple of sessions, but that was it, and I was just left. You had to go and see a disabled resettlement officer at the job centre, but they were too busy. They didn't have nothing for you, so in the end, they didn't want to see me for years on end. I was young, and I managed to manage it, rather than overcome it, because I don't think you can overcome it once you've had a stroke and that really, the mental health issues of it, you can learn to manage them. I found I was having to repeat myself to people talking. I couldn't read anymore like I used to. You know, I couldn't do anything like that. And uh, it's been a life really of total struggle. If I'm not in a comfort zone, then all the symptoms of things like aphasia come involved in that. 
But then aphasia wasn't even mentioned then. There wasn't much stroke awareness when Joey suffered his first stroke, and he had difficulties with finding good work during his recovery. I'd had a job on the buses in Exeter. I got made redundant because I couldn't drive the buses. I got a job as a taxi driver, but developed epilepsy so that I had to stop. I did courses in St. Louis College, did some courses in Durham and Hertfordshire and all that. But I just found that if I had somebody close to me, I could do the job, but I couldn't remember what to do sometimes. I think the first time I started realising about attitude is when I started working for EDF Energy in Exeter. I started learning then that I had certain rights of being a disabled person, like, you know, I had a bit more protection because before that, every time I'd gone for a job, when you wrote disabled on the application form, it was rejected. I think about 20 years ago, I, I managed to get into a good firm to work and therefore there was some protection there, although... There was a lot of ignorance of a stroke. Nobody understood what you were going through. It was a bit like things like epilepsy, which unfortunately I developed about 18 years ago. At one time you were just shoved in a cupboard and kept out the way, but you were allowed to get more involved. But it was early days, really. There were still things said to me like one day, I was struggling at work and the manager came up and said, how can you expect to earn more money if they're doing more work than you? And that's discrimination. Or, or things like uh, when I walk with a limp, people shouting across the road, get that stone out your foot. There's a lot of it still about. But it was a case of ending up like when I went to work, if it wasn't for my ex-boss or my ex-manager. When I went to work, I could find myself just isolated on one pod on my own because nobody knew what to do with me. Then, then it comes to the point where you start blaming yourself then. A number of years later, Joey suffered a second stroke. What I did was I was I'm a social club and I couldn't speak. An hour later, I managed to get some words out, but I just wasn't the same. So then I went into work the next day I tried to ask somebody a question and it happened again. But this time I couldn't speak anything. I went to see my manager and uh, my manager said to me, let's get to hospital. So I went to hospital and my blood pressure was 214. At first they thought I'd had TIAs, but my doctor last week seemed to think it was a proper stroke I'd had again. And I went to all things like physiotherapy, I have to wear a special support on my leg now when I'm walking. I can't go to unfamiliar places. I couldn't get through the day without falling asleep at work. So I was medically discharged. I went back to try and do some volunteer work with the Stroke Association, but I couldn't do it. And then at the end of the day, I've been going to aphasia groups, which they've been encouraging Joey has since found support in local groups. I didn't get any help back in 1975, really. This time when I had it done, I was, I had physiotherapists come and see me. I went to neurologists. I went to a psychologist. None of that was there the first time. When I went to see Dr. Mudd, 
who's a stroke specialist at the hospital, he suggested going to aphasia, and I wasn't confident enough to go. Then somebody from adult well-being went along with me to the drop-in centre, and that was just a chance for us to chat and to let each other know what events were going on and things like that. And I enjoyed that because I didn't have to impress anybody. And when my speech from time to time has problems, I didn't have to worry about getting laughed at because people understood what I was going through. And since then, we did a singing group at the Mint Church. That's every other week. We did creative arts today. I've been just come back from there now. And we even had a little go at drama, which which wasn't a big acting role. It was a case of learning to communicate without speaking. And they've been helpful because we've all joined in together. And I've loved it. I've also started going to West Bank Gymnasium at Exminster. I haven't got the confidence to go for work now because there's so many different problems I have, like lack of concentration, I had toilet problems, I've got epilepsy, I've got side effects from tablets, I can't stand, I can't lift. If I try to do these things under pressure because there's no way in the world will I get the support if I can an employer give me the support I need. And when my doctor says I'll be a danger to myself and to others if I worked, I haven't got the confidence of going back into work now really. What I've been doing for the last 18 months is I've done what the doctors told me. I've stopped any drinking I did. I wasn't a massive drinker, but I've stopped that. I still go to my social club. I have a pint of water and a can of Diet Coke and try to read my paper. And that's all I was doing every day. But now I've got the groups to go to. And it gets me out. What I'm trying to do is keep myself active where I'm in a place where there's no pressure. I would try and keep on going, try and keep on with the groups and that because it's in an environment where I don't have to prove anything. Joey had his first stroke at a time where support services were pretty much non-existent, but he doesn't dwell on that and now makes good use of his local community groups and services. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Joey explains what's missing for stroke survivors. I think acceptance in society, because everybody knows, oh, you've had a stroke, but they don't know what a stroke is. And now he takes life at a pace that suits him. I always felt there was something else I could do in work, but now I just don't want to do anything else because every time I've been in a job, I've been under pressure. And I just don't want that. I think I've done enough now in my life. I want to be able to go out and sit in the garden, not have to go out and dig the garden as well. Let's hear how Joey's found a new creative outlet. I write some poetry because we're going to do a book for our phase here to try and raise money. And last night, somebody said something to me when I was gone off the bus or said something to a friend and I heard it and I felt really down and fed up and I said, why have I got to be the way I am? And this is what I wrote. It's called, We Will Always Be Our Biggest Critics. Why do we keep on blaming ourselves when the weather inside of us gets rough? Did we try the best that we could 
or as the truth is, we're just not good enough. People are perhaps born with limitations, but are sometimes left asking ourselves why. Are we going to try to get up when we fall? Or is the bar of our lives set far too high? When we fail, our defences fall down, or which breaks our hearts in two. Then the day, the task turns to nightmares, making each moment so hard to get through. Some people may always be there forever and give us the confidence to try. Yet you tell yourself you could have done better, but you keep failing and just don't know why. I did some Christmas advent calendar and we raised a couple of grand for that dementia. And, you know, I, I can do, I can pick them off like some people ask me to do some for a birthday for somebody and things. I can do that. But like I say, it was a case of, uh, it's the feedback I get from it that keeps me going. Joy believes there's still a need for greater understanding of stroke survivors. I think acceptance in society, because everybody knows, oh, you've had a stroke, but they don't know what a stroke is. I think we need to have more awareness raised. I thought that aphasia was something like that develops after the stroke, but it doesn't. It's the symptoms of a stroke. And I had that explained to me. I went on a sailing ship called the Lord Nelson. It's like an old galleon ship. And what you do on there, you take an able-bodied person with you as a buddy and you support. I feel that we need to get more awareness raised and more integration with society so that people can understand what a stroke is and what symptoms we're having. The only thing we can do is is to say, right, well, that's what happens. So that when you're stood in a crowd of people, nobody sees the wheelchair, they just see the person. While Joey's made amazing progress, he sometimes finds it tough to accept what's happened. Well, in the 70s, I was wild, I was immature. I had the energy or the youth still in me, although I had that gain the disability of not being able to walk very well. I had the enthusiasm, I had the confidence. But when I had my last two strokes a couple of years ago, was the worst time because with old age coming in, because I've had a stroke, don't forget, since I was 17, so. And the acceptance that I can't do what I used to be able to do is to probably, that brings out the sadness in me. And I feel all my life, until I stopped work, I always felt there was something else I could do in work. But now, I just don't want to do anything else because every time I've been in a job, I've been under pressure. And I just don't want that. I think I've done enough now in my life. I want to be able to go out and sit in the garden, not have to go out and dig the garden as well. I'm trying to adapt and be ready for when the point comes where I probably need more extra support. But I don't want to have to be people saying to me, okay, you need to phone these, I need to phone them, and then I'm lost. And I don't want to end up where it becomes a safe haven just to stay at home because that can quite easily happen. I think I want to be able to know that in place as my it gets worse that things are already in place for me to 
seek him. I need to seek the help. I don't, I don't want to, like you say, find yourself in the, in the middle of the ocean and find out you've forgotten the paddle. Finally, Joey believes you should own who you are. For a stroke survivor, I think the best piece of advice I've given is you are who you are. Be proud of everything you achieve because you've probably had to work harder to get there and accept your limitations. For loved ones, I would say that unfortunately this person or who has had in your family, say, who has had a stroke may never be the same person again. But a simple I love you or a, a hold is something to encouragement. Always keep them involved and never let them feel a second-class person and be there for them because they need you, although they can't express it sometimes. Joey beat the odds at a time when stroke wasn't understood and support services were very limited and found fulfilling work. Even after his second stroke, he was determined to get out and keep busy. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. Somebody said the other day, so when are you going to come back to work sort of thing? And I said, well, to be honest, I'm not sure I will be able to come back to work and do exactly what I did before. Because you're, you look all right and you walk and talk, people think that's how it is. There's a lot going on underneath. You have to love your life, take care of your body, because sometimes we forget that we only have one body. And when we are young, we feel like we are superheroes and invincible, but we are not. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts because every episode will then be downloaded automatically. And if you've got time, please rate and comment on the episodes you hear. It'll help us spread the word. To learn more about Stroke, please search online for the Stroke Association. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>